You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome to another episode of Behind Enemy Lines, a matchsticks and gasoline podcast underneath the SB Nation Podcast Network. My name is Mark. I am joined today by Alec from Canes Country. We are talking Flames and Canes ahead of what is arguably the Flames' biggest game of the season so far against probably the best opponent they've seen in the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, Alec, thanks for coming on and joining us. How are you doing today? Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm doing well. Excellent. So the Flames and Canes going to tangle on Thursday night, uh, 7 p.m. Mountain Time, 9 p.m. for you and I out here on the uh, the East Coast. Um, a little bit about uh, what's going on with Carolina right now. Um, should people be surprised the Hurricanes are this good this early, um, you know, or should people have seen this coming? Yeah, I think being this good this early maybe was a little bit of a surprise. I think expectations here were pretty high that this was certainly a playoff team, but a team that, you know, was going to compete for the Metro, but also a lot of new pieces came in this offseason and some really important ones, two new goalies, the big thing. So so to get as started as hot as the Canes did, maybe that was a little surprising, but you know, I think again, expectations were high and this is a really talented group. I mean, you look at two, you mentioned the Met. I mean, you're you got Washington and the Rangers ahead of you, you got Pittsburgh not nipping at your heels. They're a little bit behind okay. obviously they had some issues with injuries. Um still do. Um so Tough division. Um, what's something that can help Carolina climb a little bit up to, you know, catch the Rangers and Caps, who you're only respectively two and three points behind? Yeah. Um, one big thing right now is getting the team kind of back together. Canes have been hit a little bit with some COVID issues. A few guys have missed quite a few games here, all on the blue line. So that's been something that's been a struggle. Canes also just got over a pretty rough little slump where they didn't look very good, lost quite a few games there. But Two straight wins now, so it's that. Um, getting some of those guys back will help, and then just getting some help from some other stuff. The power play struggled quite a bit. It's looked good in the last two games, so that's trending in the right direction, but there's little things. But a lot of it is missing Brett Pesci, missing Tony D'Angelo, missing before that Ethan Bear, having to kind of have a rotating door on the blue line. That seems to be something the Flames have run into this year. Teams they've been playing have been stricken with COVID like they had the Islanders where gate uh, day of the game the Islanders put two more players on their list they took on San Jose at one point who were down 10 players a coach and a trainer so I could see how that would cause some you know some issues and struggling when you're putting you know square pegs and round holes trying to fill things in just so you get people back but going back to how good they've been what's been one of the main reasons for the Hurricanes being so good this season yeah um I think one of the biggest things and one of probably the most surprising thing is the goaltending play because you bring in Frederick Anderson who's kind of an unknown what you're going to get from him you bring in Antti Ranta who's been good but has not been able to stay healthy those two guys have been really good early Freddie Anderson the first month of the season was unbelievable and he's come back down to earth a little bit but his numbers are still really good he played played well Tuesday night against Winnipeg so that's the first thing is you're getting really good outings night in and night out from both of those guys um and then the other thing and this one it's an obvious thing but for the teams that are 
winning and doing well, it's something that you're going to point out is that the the best players on the Canes have been the best players for a lot of the season. Sebastian Ajo's producing, Andre Svechnikov has been producing big numbers. So you're getting that top end production that you need to have that you expected to get, but then having the way the two goalies have played has been, I think the biggest like difference, the biggest key so far. It is funny how that works. Like Calgary did the same thing with Markstrom and Dan Vladar. Like when you get two guys that are, can carry your team and you don't worry about your backup goalie, you know, you're doing pretty okay. If you can have that as like not an issue, um, flip it a little bit to a different sport. Um, everybody knows North Carolina, that's basketball country. You know, you got Duke, you got Carolina, you got NC state. Um, how does like how do the hurricanes deal with competing for attention? Because you know it's southern sport hockey, not always, you know, you've seen like the Atlanta's had two franchises move out, the Panthers ebb and flow with their attendance. Um, how do you how does how do the hurricanes do with fighting for the basketball attention in the state? Yeah, the biggest thing for the canes that you can kind of look at the last even 20 years is the team needs to be good. Like that's <laughs> been a big difference. So you look this year and you look at like 2018 19 and then the beginning of 1920 before things shut down and the building was full every night and like yeah. the canes are doing well attendance wise this year and there's a lot of buzz around the city people like people pay attention to the team you can kind of tell that now from 2010 to 2018 they really struggled to fill the building and, and you didn't see much stuff because they didn't make the playoffs for nine straight years but even going back to like 06 when they won the cup like there was a huge following even like 08 09 they had a couple good teams that you know made playoff runs and and the building was full then and people were paying attention so the biggest thing is just producing a team on the ice that that's going to go out and win but the canes do a good job with a lot of other stuff they got a really good social media team really good marketing team you know you you see a lot of cane stuff around town it's when hockey season's on, it's hard to miss some of that stuff. So so they do a good job of, of getting people interested and getting people in the building. Yeah, because I remember when they made the move from Hartford, when Hartford came down, it was like, how is a team in Carolina? That's a basketball state. And, the, you know, the Panthers was, you know, still a, a pretty decent football team at that time. But early winning cures all ills, right? Yeah, exactly. That, that's a big thing, too. Just win games. And being in the triangle, I think, helps the Canes yeah. a little bit, too. You're not in Charlotte. So... You have these college basketball fans, but it's I think it's kind of easy to pay attention to both and come out to both. So they've, they've been able to take. And it's yeah. hockey. It's way more fun than basketball. <laughs> <laughs> so um, speaking of fans, uh, what's the pulse of the fan base right now? I'm assuming everybody's pretty happy, cautiously optimistic, or do we have like cocky Canes fan? Like, how does that work? <laughs> you, you certainly have both. I think you always do. But for, for the most part, it, there's optimism for sure. I think. Kind of in the offseason, there was some negativity because, I mean, myself included in this, tons of offseason moves. And it was like, did this team really get better? And it's kind of like, eh, probably not. The way the goalies have come in and played has been huge because that was the biggest issue for concern. So I think the fan base as a whole is, is optimistic. It's This team's good. You know that these guys at the top and your Ajos and your Svechnikovs, they're going to score. They're going to produce it's a really talented, fun team to watch too. They're young. And I think all that, the fan base is, is very in on this team and has been now for the last three years. Excellent. Um, yeah. Like we said, winning is good. If you have some, you know, you bring in a couple guys that can help out, that'll certainly boost the fan base. You sound a lot like us when in the off season, we were looking at what Calgary brought in. We're like, really? 
really this is what you did to make the team and uh, they're the best team in the pacific <laughs> second best in the west so it's you know things have things have worked out okay um speaking of the west you guys are uh, making a little bit of road trip five game swing you beat uh winnipeg the other night um you got vancouver calgary edmonton and minnesota uh no game is a layup, but the Vancouver Canucks just seem like they've just thrown their hands up in the air and they're calling it a season. They're just dealing with whatever. But it's a pretty rough stretch coming through with Calgary, Edmonton, and the Wild. Um, what does Carolina have to do on this road trip to be successful? Yeah, the biggest thing, um, <laughs> kind of cliches, but <laughs> score on the power play. That's the first thing. So the Canes went through a little bit of a rut the last couple weeks. Lost, I think, five of six you know, struggled in some of those games. And it's because the power play was just non-existent. I think they got to like 0 for 19 stretch on the power play without scoring. It's looked better the last two games. They scored on the power play against Buffalo Saturday and then a couple power play goals against Winnipeg Tuesday night. So that's the biggest thing is getting that production because that was honestly the difference in most of those games during the losing rut. And then another cliche on that is getting the top six production that you have to have because – when the Canes were struggling, so too Sebastian Ajo wasn't on the score sheet as much. Andrei Svechnikov was struggling. Vincent Trocek was really struggling to do much of anything. Those guys the last two games have all gotten on the score sheet a couple times. So kind of those things, but the power play is the biggest thing to circle right now because it's been the thing that's been the most up and down so far this year. Gotcha. And if we could flip real quick off that um, topic about top six, uh, how is Carolina secondary scoring? Do you get a lot out of the bottom six or is it kind of a ride or die with the top guns? It, it It's getting better. Like it, you've got some guys down there that are producing goals. Last year, Jordan Stahl scored a ton, but he hasn't been scoring as much this year. Uh, yes, very cook. Kanami's kind of been moved down and been pushed back to center and he's looked really good. There's some other guys there that produce, but, when the Canes win, it's going to be because Andre Svechnikov and Sebastian Ajo and Taylor Teravina are the ones doing the scoring. You you have games where you're going to get a few from those guys down low, and they're going to win you a couple games like that. But it, it's a team that definitely needs to rely on that top six. Fair enough. Um, we'll go to a uh, player that um, does not play for the Flames, nor does he play for the Hurricanes. He plays for the New York Rangers. Um Calgary Flames, Calgary Flames fans at times are obsessed with the fact that Adam Fox is not a member of the Flames, that he was traded. Um, we all know the trade. We don't have to rehash it. You know, Fox was almost like an extra throw in, you know, being sent down to Carolina for Lindholm and Hannafin and fans lost their minds. Adam Fox was not signing with the Calgary Flames. It was never going to happen. Uh, did not sign with the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, do your fans obsess over that as much or was that like a foregone conclusion? You guys didn't expect Fox to sign at all. Yeah, it's not something that you get much here. And I think there's a couple reasons for it. Number one is that it was kind of a, hey, this is kind of a throw on. This is a risk that's probably not going to happen. The other side of that too, though, is that the Canes in that trade with Calgary got what they wanted. They got what mm -hmm. they needed with Dougie Hamilton. And I think the way he came in and was a fan favorite right away and produced kind of maybe helped fans see past that other part of it. And then even then when Adam Fox, you know, they trade the rights to the Rangers, it's kind of the same thing where Hamilton's still playing. You have Jacob Slave and Brett Pesci. The blue line is one of the strengths of the team and the team is finally good again. So it's, yeah. eh, you can kind of look past that. You you certainly do get the, man, wish we had that guy when you see what Adam Fox can do, but it's not as much, I wouldn't say. I mean, at least you got, the Flames fans only have to see him twice a year. You know, we don't have to <laughs> stare at him yeah, in fair. the division. <laughs> so you guys have that going for you. Um, 
and I guess finally, um, give us a player on the the Canes roster that maybe Flames fans, you know, we all know the big names, but is there somebody who kind of flies under the radar that uh, Flames fans should keep an eye on Thursday night? Yeah, I'll give you two, and it's two guys I mentioned a second ago. One is Vincent Trocheck. He's obviously a big name, but he he's a guy that I think gets overlooked a little bit by Sebastian Ajo, Andrei Svechnikov. He's really important to the Canes. When when he's playing well, there really isn't a drop-off between the top two lines. Um, he's not as good as Sebastian Ajo, obviously, but when he's playing, if it's with Svechnikov or whoever, and he's playing well, he makes a big difference. Like I said, he really struggled when the Canes were struggling. He's looked really good the last two games, had a couple assists and a goal Saturday in two periods, uh, got a game misconduct and missed the third, and then had another goal Tuesday night in Winnipeg. So he's a big one. And the other is Coach Kaniemi, who obviously the offer sheet was big news during the offseason, and that was a huge thing. And he came in and kind of got moved to a wing spot, played on those top two lines, and struggled to do much of anything and really couldn't get on the score sheet. Keynes went on a West Coast road trip just a couple of weeks ago as well and kind of started that. He got moved down to, you know, the fourth line, moved back to center. He's playing really well with those guys. He's been a completely different player the last three weeks than he was the first month of the season. So those are two guys past, you know, the guys at the top to, I think, really keep an eye out for. Excellent. Thanks. And I guess final thing, um, we all witnessed the fun the Canes were having. Uh, when they were winning, you know, the, the post-game celebrations, the the bunch of jerks, the whole thing. Uh, is, is it still, are they still having fun? Is it still a jovial, like, upbeat team? Yeah, it, it's an incredibly fun team. And it's the storm surge stuff. They still kind of do some of that stuff. It's maybe a little scaled back. But, like, the other night they had, like, a first responders night and they all had little plastic firemen helmets on that they threw to the crowd. And it, it's little things like that that they're still doing. But it's a group that has a lot of fun. and. When, when your best players and your guys that are really producing are, you know, 24-year-old Sebastian Ajo and 21-year-old Andrei Svechnikov and Tavo Terabainen's young and Marty Natchez is young. It's just, it's a still really young group and they have a lot of fun on the ice and the fans have a lot of fun with them. So that's, that's been a consistent for a couple of years now is that it's a fun team. And it's something that Rod Brindamore has been good about kind of making sure they're having fun and keeping that as part of the culture of the group. I think it's great. It's it's fun to see because you think like pro sports are so like they can be so like vanilla and just, you know, just it's a business. We go to the rink, we play the game, we're done or we go to the field. And it's kind of almost fun to see like that minor league hockey aspect to it where you're involving the crowd. You're doing some fun stuff after the game. I, I think it's good for the league and I think it's good for teams. So good. Good on the Canes for having fun and playing a sport at the same time and being good at it. Um, yeah. Anything else you want to add before we wrap up here? No, I was just going to add on that. I think going back to like the first point that that has also been something that's really helped the team, you know, keep a fan base in North Carolina, keep a fan base coming back to the arena in Raleigh is that it is going to be a fun time. And the product of the ice is going to be good and fast and fun. But having those kind of things as well, that team that, you know, actually enjoys going out and playing is something that has also really been something that's grasped the fan base. Yeah. And I think it's neat, too, that Carolina's held on and stayed attached to the team because, let's face it, when the Whalers moved, the Whalers weren't exactly uh, world burners. They weren't tearing up the NHL when they left Hartford and came down. So it's you weren't get Carolina wasn't getting a Stanley Cup team. They weren't yeah. getting a play. And, you know, and so it's kind of neat. Obviously, the initial reaction is, yeah, we have hockey. So we're excited. But for the fact that they could. You know, they won early. You had some lean times, but the fact that you could keep the fan base attached, you know, with a team that came down that wasn't really a very, you know, talented hockey team by any stretch of the imagination. And then 
flip it like that almost just by being smart with your money, smart with your trades, smart with your signings. Um, yeah, no, it's great. You know, it's and it's it's good to see hockey flourish in other parts of the country as well. So um, awesome. Alec, thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate it. Uh, we yeah, are talking with Alec from Canes Country. They are the SB Nation website for the Carolina Hurricanes. You can find them on Twitter at Canes Country or on the web, www.canescountry.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please find us on Spotify, iTunes, or Google Podcasts. Just search under the Matchsticks and Gasoline heading. You can find this one, the Tinderbox, and Mark and Michael's Musings as well. This has been another episode of Behind Enemy Lines, talking Calgary Flames and Carolina Hurricanes. They play Thursday night, 7 p.m. Mountain Time, and 9 p.m. Eastern Time for the rest of us. Thank you for listening, and we'll catch you next time on Behind Enemy Lines.